The fifth lesson, the angel Gabriel salutes the blessed Virgin Mary, taken from Luke 1, verses 26 to 38. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary, and having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favoured one, the Lord is with you, blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favour with God, and behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I do not know a man? And the angel answered her and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also, that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Then Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed her. This is the word of the Lord. Amen.
St. Luke tells of the birth of Jesus. And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered, and she brought forth her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Saviour, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven, that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Thanks be to God. i 
The wise men are led by the star to Jesus. Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. So they said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judea, are not the least among the rulers of Judea. For out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men and determined from them what time the star appeared, he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the young child, and when you have found him, Bring back word to me that I may come and worship him also. When they heard the king, they departed. And behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them, till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold and frankincense and myrrh. Then, being divinely warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed for their own country another way. Thanks be to God.
The eighth lesson, the eternal word, from John chapter 1, verses 1 to 14. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. This man came for a witness, to bear witness of the light, that all through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light, which gives light to every man coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Thanks be to God.
the final lesson from Micah chapter 5, verses 2 to 5. But you, Bethlehem, Ephratah, though you are small among the clowns of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from of old, from ancient times. Therefore, Israel will be abandoned until the time when she who is in labor gives birth, and the rest of his brothers return to join the Israelites. He will stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the mystery of the name of the Lord his God. And they will live securely, for then his greatness will reach to the end of the earth, and he will be their peace. When the Assyrian invades our land and marches through our fortresses, we will raise against him seven shepherds, even eight leaders of men. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We have read several Bible readings this evening, pointing us towards the coming Messiah. Today I will be focusing on Micah chapter 5, verse 5, which says, And he will be our peace when the Assyrian invade our land and march through our fortresses. We will raise against them seven shepherds, even eight commanders. The question anyone may ask from this passage is, can there be really peace on it? Can there be really peace on it? What about personal peace? Or peace at home? Or peace at work? Or even financial peace? In the midst of the uncertainty we see today, with energy price going up, living with this deadly disease, coronavirus, and now the new Omicron variant, how can peace ever exist? What about killing one another? Knife crime, terrorist attacks, and personal turmoil resulting from high unemployment and natural disasters. Can the hope of Christmas still deliver peace? For us to understand the peace the prophet Micah is describing from this passage, we need to look a bit closely at what led to a lack of peace first. The prophet Micah lived between 725 to 610 BC. During the reigns of Israel, kings Jotam, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, 
He came from the polar class of Israel and was fully aware of the injustice of the rich. Micah explained that because of the sins of Israel, God has sent the armies of the Assyrian as his arm of punishment. However, the people were not to lose hope. Following God's discipline would come a time of tremendous blessings. Blessings connected with the coming of the Messiah. At some time in the future, he predicted a woman will give birth to a child in Bethlehem. This child proclaimed the prophet in verse 5 will be their peace. Some 700 years later, in a stable on the outskirts of Bethlehem, a virgin by the name of Mary gave birth to this promised Messiah who brought peace. But the peace he brought was peace with God, not peace between men or nations. He will break down the barrier between God and man and reconcile mankind to God by his death on a cross. Michael's prophecy of peace on earth is for a time that today is still in the future when all the equipment of war will be consumed. It can only refer to the second coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and his reign over the earth for a thousand years. It will be a time of peace when the Lord will put down all rebellion, all opposition, and all the forces of evil that are around today. But here is the good news, my brothers and sisters. You don't have to wait until Jesus returns to experience peace in your life. Because you can have it by simply asking God for forgiveness today. Forgiveness of sins. That is the essence of the peace Christ gives. Without a forgiveness, you and I cannot experience true peace. Once we accept Christ's forgiveness, then we can experience his peace. When we find ourselves wrestling with our own fallen humanity, we can take comfort in the fact that God is able to erase all our failures with his remarkable eraser, which is the cross. Jesus paid the price for me and you. The peace Christ gives is above circumstances. Peace is the result of Christ living in my heart. Peace is the assurance I am safe in his hands, no matter what may be going on around me. Peace is trust in the midst of tomorrow. It is because of the peace Jesus gives when you place your faith in him. A peace that transcends all understanding. 
And Paul says in Romans chapter 8, verses 28 down to 39. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. Who have been called according to his purpose. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Here in this passage, Paul searches the entire universe to see if there is anything can possibly separate us from the internal presence of God. And he finds nothing. Nothing can happen now, nor in the future, which can remove the love of God from us. Or us from his internal security. Paul does not stop here, for he searches the entire universe. And nothing in the expanses of space, height, nor depth can be found to stop the presence of God from us. But just in case Paul has missed something, he then says that there is no other creature or creation of God that is able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Nowhere can the apostle find anything in the whole universe of God which can stop the relationship that the children of God have with their father's love. Isn't that amazing? This great assurance is enough to bring peace to the heart of those in Christ Jesus our Lord. The peace Christ gives is above our circumstances and beyond understanding. How can a Christian lose his job and not worry? How can a believer lose cancer or coronavirus in the face and not flinch? How can a Christian keep going after the loss of a loved one or a child? Or some other tragedy. How can a believer give his life up to death by persecution instead of denying Christ? It is because of the peace Jesus gives when you place your faith in him. For without faith, it is impossible to please God. A peace that transcends all understanding. In other words, it surpasses all power of human reason or comprehension. The peace of God in every Christian We keep peace in the church. Peace in the family. And peace between individuals. Finally, the peace Christ gives is always available 
Jesus is here. Is the same today, tomorrow, and forever. Before Jesus left his disciples, he promised after he was gone, the Holy Spirit would come and be with them, comforting, teaching, and encouraging them. In Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit did come. His comfort, his teaching, and encouraging is available to all who believe in Jesus. There is never a moment in which we are aware from Christ's peace. There is never a second when we need to worry or need to be afraid. The peace that comes from Christ is available 24 hours a day. Seven days a week. So the question I want to leave with you tonight is, are you in need of this type of peace? Is your life characterized by chaos and you need peace? Today Jesus is waiting to give you his peace. Revelation chapter 3, verse 20, Jesus says, I stand at the door and knock. If you will let me in, I will come. Not just to come in, but I will sit with you and eat with you. Jesus is knocking in your heart. Will you let him in to come this Christmas to celebrate with you? He came into the world to be your peace. He is the prince of peace. The I am that I am. He never changed. Give him a chance today and you will not regret it. Amen.
Please stand for the blessing. May the peace of God, which passes from our understanding, keep your hearts and mind to the knowledge of His Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be upon you, your friends and families, and those whom you love, none and forever. Amen.